0: You're listening to the Fortnite podcast with your host Too
1: Loud TX and Monster Face. What up? What up? What up? And welcome to another episode of the Fortnite podcast. I'm your host Too Loud TX, and here with me today, the one, the only, the man that brings you great videos every week all around Fortnite, Mister Monster D-Face. What's up, buddy?
0: Hey, what's going on, guys? We are back with another podcast episode.
1: Man, and I'm pushing through, if you can hear it in my voice, I'm pushing through, I am sick, the family's sick, it has been one of those weekends, and uh, got back from a long road trip at work, you know, obviously, you know, if you want to plug your ears for this, everybody that hates Call of Duty, I've been staying up way too late playing Call of Duty, not a good combination <laughs> for this week and what's been going on, and then also obviously staying up too late playing Fortnite as well, so here we are, pushing through the show, so please forgive me. Anybody that's listening is like, man, this guy sounds like he's destroyed his voice. I, I am going to push through and hopefully be better next week. Well, without further ado, this show is brought to you guys by Deserter.com and Fortnite Intel. Great places to check out everything that you want uh, for all the latest news on Fortnite. What's going around in the community, around skirmishes, and some of the topics that we're going to have today. Uh, you can also see the highlight video of this each week on Monster D Faces YouTube channel. Make sure you go there, check out the uh, highlights that he has over there. And then, obviously, if you're going to TwitchCon, make sure you jump in that Discord of monsters. Tell us where you're going to be. We want to say hi to everybody, hang out with everybody, uh, and shake your hand at TwitchCon this year. So make sure you're doing that. And last but not least, uh, if you are listening on any platform, we appreciate all the... Uh, All all, all the reviews, all the nice words, all the nice comments you guys have left. You guys continue to make this show what it is. And thank you so much for that, because without you guys, we couldn't keep doing this each week. And I would not be here with a sick voice if it was not for you guys. So (laughs) without further ado, let's jump into our first discussion. And, uh, you know, this is going to go with the fall skirmish. Let's talk a little bit about where the update is. And our buddy Zeke here will go ahead and kick us off with the point update.
0: What's up, Fortnite fam? Zeke here from the fall skirmish. and We wanted to get you up to speed to where the clubs are coming into week number four. So right out the gate, Bush Bandits maintaining their lead with 2,560 points. Right behind them are the Fort Fortnite's. They've got 2,300 points. Coming in at third is the Dusty Dogs with 1,940 points. Right behind them are the Lucky Llamas, 1,640. And not too far behind them are the Rift Raiders with 1,635 points. Don't forget to tune in to Fall Skirmish, and we'll see you on the Battle Bus.
1: Well, obviously, kicking us off into an awesome week of Fall Skirmish, Week Four. Uh, and this week, the numbers are up. The standings are still the same, uh, but the points uh, are are quietly adjusted. So, if you guys want to see that, I'll put the updated points in the show notes. But it is still those standings: Bush Bandits first, Fortnites, Dusty Dogs, Lucky Llamas, and Rift Raiders is the current standing. And uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit about Monster? This week, what the big bonus format was, and kind of w- through that, you know, how you saw when when the man himself, Liquid Poach, performed. If you got to catch that, it was intense. Yeah,
0: yeah it was definitely a so. So first off, just to break down the big format, um, there was two ways to earn points, or, or really three ways. If you really think about it. But the uh, the primary way, obviously, we have the placements, victory royale, giving out three points, and then second and third, giving out two points, and fourth to 10th were only worth one point. So if you somehow landed yourself not in top 10th, you were not awarded points for your positioning. But the big bonus, the way you got to that was to get elimination. So being that it was a solo week format, three elimination minimal to earn yourself one point, followed by at five, you got two, and seven, you got three. And then every elimination after that was worth an additional Point. So if you were crazy enough to break seven, which only one guy was throughout know, yeah. this entire week, not only would you get a point, you know, boosting you way up the boards, but you would get the big bonus, which is worth seven thousand five hundred dollars uh per Elam. So imagine if you got to seven, your heart is probably racing because oh, every pull yeah. after that is just baller time. You know what I mean? So um Poach managed to score nine which means the, uh, the two after the seven were $7,500 each. That was at a, an extra 15000 on top of his ranking for the week. So crazy stuff, man. Poached the only guy this weekend actually able to secure over seven eliminations to get the big bonus.
1: Yeah, so for everybody that wasn't able to watch, you got through the entire EU scene, which was six games. Nobody got it, right? Nobody got it. Yep. You get to Nobody. the first game of N.A., and you think it's about to be a really crazy day because the first game, Poach bombs off. And I don't know if you noticed, but him and Vivid both had five kills with like 10 people left, right? And they were both still alive playing together uh, in, the, in this tournament. And basically it comes out that uh, what ended up happening was Poach able to you know secure it with nine. But at the end of that, he actually was going against a, a guest that we had on last week. Um, and that was a Sentinel Aspect, I believe it was. Yep. And, and he, he, Aspect killed him. Otherwise, he would have had three. He would have yeah. had 10 kills. He would have had that third one. Which, which he and, shot a and rocket, and it almost killed him. It was nuts. It that's, was nuts. that's what I
0: was going to say. And if any of you guys got to watch it, and for those of you guys that didn't get to watch it, what had happened was Poach was playing the low ground. He pretty much ran out of materials in Aspect coming overhead with you know just enough shield just enough HP uh to dive down and poach's reaction time was crazy he shoots a he he pre-fires the rocket as aspect is jumping down but aspect's reflexes were just on par with the play he catches the rocket and then bops him with the shotgun but like it, it was just crazy you know how fast Poach is. you can imagine he already had his shotgun out yep so yep. yeah it was it was a uh, it was a tug of war that's for sure it was a fun fight for sure. And like you said, yeah. it's it's hard. We've talked about how
1: hard it is to get one or two kills. We've seen a few, you know, crazy games where like we saw reverse whenever we had reverse, only got like seven, yeah. right? But right, I mean, to get nine or ten kills in a pro scene game is unbelievable.
0: Right, and man, and, that, and that brings us back to last week as well, where we had like a supernatural occurrence of Eden and Cloak somehow pulling out like twelve elims and fourteen elims in the same game. yeah and then like that again, game one just a miracle with with elims. Every other game after that, not even close. Yep. when it came down to get into that threshold, so it really is uh, just one of those things, man. When you're in form or when it's clicking, it's clicking. Bro,
1: can you imagine if you had big bonus and you got fourteen kills?
0: Fourteen <laughs> oh my gosh. kills. I think Epic would have been like, yeah, we made a mistake guys. That,
1: <laughs> I mean, what? Seven times seven. I, I mean, you would have had what? Almost 50 grand, right? Just in that. Yeah. Easy. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that'd have been nuts. Cause 7.5. Wow. That's not that have been that would have been crazy. Absolutely yeah. nuts. If that would have happened. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, look, Epic, got, epic got lucky based on the week, right? They just got yeah, lucky yeah, based they on got the
0: week. Lucky, they didn't pay out too much. Yeah, you know, cons-
1: hey, you know it saves happened. more money for all of us to see in the future, right? To see it played mm-hmm. for in the future, and uh, may- maybe even you get your hands on some of that. Perhaps you never know. So that's right. it, you know, it's not always a bad thing, but it was. It's fun to see those games go. And I think as this scene moves forward, it it shows that like it's getting like the skill gap is getting higher and higher i feel like for pros and we're starting to see a few of these pros break off at a a, even higher level how do you feel about that like are do you think like we're always gonna have that group of people that are like dude these are the top echelon like you see in any sport right you got the michael george you got the lebron jameses right right? um Um,
0: so i think i think there's definitely is like you know uh, a standard in a bar of like so this is why some people are called like semi-pros and some people are like pros, right? Um, I think there is always going to just be that like level of difference and power of how many, you know, how much time someone can actually dedicate and how serious uh, they take their craft to get in, to be the best. Uh, and we are seeing that, like you said, the the gap is slowly showing itself. And unfortunately the NA scene, and it kind of sucks to to think about it, but the NA scene is still in that whole like Q sniping scrim Kind of style where right. the EU scene has like kind of like dedicated, you know, um, a schedule set up to where they can actively practice against, you know, pro v pro. So they, there's, uh, I guess, a big disparity too when it comes down to the overall pool for, of like EU player base skill versus NA skill. And it also kind of shows in the skirmishes because, like, if you look at the EU meta, those end game circles were like, let's say 30, right? maybe 40 when you look at NA you're talking 50 plus like definitely you know and, and that kind of goes to show the confidence in the EU scene of like no if they see you they're, they're gonna take you down it's because they can play against each other all the time so the skill gap in the EU scene I think is really taking off as far as the overall pool of uh, players so I hope so <laughs> would you would you personally
1: say out of your own personal experience that or from what you viewed viewed at least is that the EU scene base level at pro level is higher than NA. Is that, is, is that because of the yeah, ability yeah. for them to practice the way they do? No,
0: right, now, I'm not saying like if you take top five, like you can't put Vivid in top right, five, right, 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 like right. Mitro or anything. What I'm saying is like when you look at, like, let's say, the top 50 of EU versus the top 50 of NA, there's going to be a big fall off after like maybe like the 15th player or something like that. Right. And that's because of how much more like private practice. EU's been getting in for a longer period of time, too. Yeah, that's
1: really interesting. I, why do you think that that hasn't come to NA yet? Why? I mean, what's holding them back? I've, I've even heard that I got an email from a guy in, uh, in New Zealand, right? And they and they in Australia, they already have private servers over there, right? To run yeah. their stuff. It, EU so I has think
0: some, what's, what's the deal? I, I thought or from, from my belief, I thought it was maybe like there's not a designated Mm, any like worker or you know like a role designated to one NA specific person like host those games every day or like maybe the community whoever's community lead on the NA scene is not really on that focus point and if if it had to be me to guess I would assume that the EU scene just had someone early on you know just kind of decided to take up that role like oh I'm gonna host these games for this scene you know because that's his job to keep them happy and I maybe the problem is the NA no one's really stepped up to like kind of run that because. We do have those days where like um, Sundown or Lumen decide, oh, hey, we're going to run some servers today. They, they can easily just say, we're going to turn on a server for you guys, right? But do they want to go, you know, after hours, right? When they clock out at five or whatever to host them? Maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's just no one, you know, on the evening times for the NA grind to actually run the servers.
1: So y- are you volunteering for that?
0: I, hey, if you gave me the code, I'll keep it online. Uh, let's go. Online, Let's, let's hey, go. Like clockwork, right? <laughs> five hours, you know. Like, no, but uh, yeah, you know. I don't know who knows what it is, but it, I, I thought maybe it was that. And you know, for me, I, I it's reasonable, right? Like, you know, if you're not going to pay somebody to do the overtime, then. Uh, so what I find
1: work. interesting as well, and you can watch this in the viewership, um, not just my opinion. I don't want to just throw that. It's my opinion. That's why it happens. But seeing the numbers of viewership when you watch the EU scene and NA, NA has a lot more viewers. Right. It's just yeah. naturally grabbing more viewers. Number one, it's later in the day, right? So it happens yep. for us. It happens to be a better time for viewers to watch. The second thing is is that when you think about big names, and I'm not saying there's no big names in you, I'm just saying when you talk about the big names we've heard on the scene coming from Epic, especially, right, and their announcements and things like that and retweets and that kind of stuff, yeah. it's primarily been around NA players.
0: Yeah, that that was something that I brought up, like, because I watched the entire, being a fan of Fortnite comp, like, I watched both sets. I love, I actually look forward to seeing the EU scene, and uh, yeah, like, after the EU, you know, fall skirmish, uh, you know, week was over, they didn't even tweet out the winner of the of the EU, and I was, like, live on Twitch, like, Where, where's the tweet? What did you yeah. <laughs> tweet out of skin? Like, where's the winner tweet? Like, come on, guys. Yeah. And, you know, and if hopefully Fortnite hears in us they are part to blame too for who gets exposure and whatnot because like when you have someone uh show up for a solo competitive tournament and you're dishing out you know the same prize money to both sides you got to show them love too right not just because you know any has big names but big names becomes uh is because they're they get boasted about you know so, so and and you know we are pretty
1: much in the scene me and you I mean, I would say Absolutely. we can challenge our knowledge of people in the scene probably <laughs> versus uh, almost anybody, right? Um, and I mean, let me just read the list of the top five all right, from EU mm-hmm. this week. These are the top five winners in EU. You got Boyer XD, Purge TS Chicken, Ghost mm-hmm. Camo, okay, F, uh, FHR uh, Rojo? No, FH Rojo mm-hmm. 11, and Mark Markelo Caracas Caras, okay, okay, I, and I, those are the top performers. That's of- the top you. five winners from this week. All right. Yep. So a lot of money div- 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 divvied out to those guys. Uh, Boyer XD know that guy Ghost Camo. Besides that, I mean, in the top five, number one, you don't really have any big orgs represented, which is an interesting topic as well. We could talk about. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is when when you go and read. Let me go read the top five, all right, in, in NA. Mm-hmm. Tfue, number one. You know him. Liquid Vivid. We know Liquid him. Liquid Poach. We know him. Sin Aspect. We know him.
0: <laughs> and LG B-Sock. All right? B-Sock. We don't know him as much, but he's on a team. And he, again, we know him. He's a part of the, comp, like the scene too, right?
1: Right. Uh, I mean, you could even go on with this list, right? Because then you got Nate Hill coming up next. Fox yep. T V, Hunter T. Kenneth, Reverse 2K. I mean, that like I said, like it's it's crazy to me because I feel like my honest opinion is that the EU scene doesn't get the justice it deserves sometimes.
0: Yeah. Like and and again, it's also comes down to the commentators too, right? Because like when you have commentators that step on or something like that, and, you know, the excuse is, oh, you know, I don't know the EU scene enough to talk about any backstory. You know, that also falls on, you know, kind of like preparation phase as well. Right. And, and I'm not, you know, pointing fingers to blame anyone because yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. No, no, no. you know, you got to do your homework if you want to step on the big stage. But either way, like, you know, like the EU scene definitely deserves love and a lot of credit because the whole double barrel, like meta, this was evident from like week, what was it, like six or five, the double meta came out in Summer Skirmish. And I, I was, by the time I made it to the stage and I was sitting there four weeks seven myself, I said it. I was like, dude, EU's gameplay is just different. They're running double barrel. You get to <laughs> NA, you're on, you know, pumps and heavies. EU is literally, at, at least a couple weeks back, was curving the, uh, the play style of the game or was at least ahead of what was super effective. And this all still boils down to, you know, like tournament play and, and right. all that kind of right. practice. But, you know, people should be getting that respect though. Like, right. We should, we should have more names uh, coming up from the EU scene. And hopefully we do get to build up some profiles from out there because you have people like Mitro. And, um, you know, we hear like the Solari team, right? The, the Solari team, they're, they're always getting loved, but it's kind of like the, the literal select few. Whereas the NA, you feel like you have such a broad, like, Oh man, look at these top 20 ce- celebs, right? Like, there's right. a lot more names up there.
1: Yeah. And there's some great players. Uh, there, and I don't say that we don't know anybody, right? Like, Seven Os, right, no, from right? There's some, there's some great players in that EU cycle that we, we do know about. But where's I would, the tweets? I would, yeah. Where's <laughs> the tweets? And number, I mean, I would admit as well, and I know you did this, but if I was going to be put in your position where I had to go talk about the EU scene, some of these guys I'd have to go do my research on as well too, because they're not as yeah. prevalent and upfront as, right. as some of the big scene, the people in the, in the scene go. So, you know, we can do a better job. I think as a podcast, probably get some EU guys over here. So we need to, I mean, time That's difference right. is always tough, but we'll, we'll, we'll I, you know, we should start doing that as well. I'm, I'm going to make that a point myself because I feel like after watching this weekend and like you said, after watching summer skirmish and then going to the, the fall skirmish, it's been really Uh, evident i think to be able to see that the eu scene pushes things forward and you'll see the na scene pick up something that later that day or that next week that you're like they weren't doing the week before
0: yeah and i mean honestly i feel like just in the number of players alone in the end zones if you look at NA versus eu major differences The amount of heal-offs in uh, EU, there were like none. There was maybe almost one. There was at least three attempted heal-offs out of the five games in uh, the NA scene. And that just shows that aggression, PvP (sighs) skill, maybe confidence. There's so much that plays into factor or so much blame that we can put on the player. Um, Maybe maybe it's the players that are invited. But still, there, there, there has to be more credit thrown at the EU scene because honestly they're they leading it and they're they're killing it right now you, you said heal offs and i actually meant to ask you about this yeah
1: before but i i want to i i want to say it on the air and, and yes i do not i did not catch what happened here but what happened to the whole effect that the storm was going to take away the the buildings
0: so it was a part of the game for like a patch right and i think what happened there was uh not enough balance there. So Epic kind of reverted the change, took it out, and then tried some other adjustments with the storm, which, by the way, I really like what they've done lately. It moves slower, but reveals sooner. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. So it has definitely affected the end game because people can actually PVP on the move a little bit more. You're not getting, you know, bit up by the storm. Not to mention if, you know, the server just so happens to be like lagging, you have a little bit more time to compensate that playoff as well. So the changes were good, but yeah, they did take away the whole like breaking structures and stuff. I think maybe it was just creating too much chaos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you, is, is that something you think we'll see visited again? Uh,
1: Or did it just uh, not work? I mean, because I know we talked about it. It was actually I, an I idea you came up with
0: at first, I yeah, think. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, No, I don't want to say it didn't work. I think maybe there's just a lot more avenues to kind of test before they decide to make it you know set that one in stone because right. that is a big change like suddenly the storm breaking structures like yeah yeah once you decide to go that way you it's only oh so many times you can turn that switch on and off you know right. so they test it for a little bit and if they ever do revisit it it'll probably fi- be final i got gotcha. you
1: yeah it's going to be interesting to see where that goes i mean talking about the meta talking about the different scenes and people we, we mentioned poach got the 15k this this week Uh, and congrats to him taking it home. It was an unbelievable week. It was a lot of fun to watch on both sides, EU and NA. I would challenge you guys, if you don't get a chance to watch EU and you have the opportunity to do it, do it. It's a lot of fun. There's some great gameplay happening over there. Uh, But with Poach coming in third, he actually tweeted out something this previous week before the tournament even got started. Uh, And I kind of want to walk through this with you. And he said, uh, the fact that the best way to play and do well, competitively in Fortnite is to run away and avoid all interaction, is a key problem in my opinion. Here, here's the key that the game needs to reward aggress, aggression, not the competitive format. You can claim that the kill and kill incentives, that kill incentives work. However, it's almost never worth any any in in, in, such, in the situation to push for a kill after fighting a good player you will almost always be put in a worse position some way or another whether it ma- make ma- whether it's mat count positioning health or a- ammo right loss of ammo mm-hmm. uh myth myth actually replied here and there's a whole slew of this i just want to read a couple of these quick comments myth replied here and he said plain and simple they can pump as much kill incentive as they want into the game, but it won't change the fact the core mechanic of the game promotes avoiding combat and avoiding conflict. Uh, And then Merck jumps in here and he says, Nick Merck, he says, you guys are right, but saying incentivize uh, to kill doesn't fix anything, is just dot 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 what? Kill incentives will definitely work and the solution is simple. Every kill, one point, you'll see the aggression you're looking for. What is your opinion of this? I mean, Obviously, we've had these things like this format this week where if you didn't even get to a base amount, right, of at least three kills, you didn't get no point. That means yeah. you could have walked away from this tournament, right, with a total of 12 kills in the tournament,
0: yep. right, and not got a single point. And not gotten a point. Yeah, and then, I mean, we've seen that in the past as well where, you know, dudes just come up short. I think one week that, like, Tfue performed bad, he was like, dude, I was, like, a point away this time or, you know, a away here um, or the Storm took that kill. Yeah, it, it definitely is something. Um, so, like, just to kind of, like, you know, backtrack a little bit, I think, first off, what needs to be fixed, and we'll see a lot more of this whole, like, you know, uh, point system kind of divvied out a lot better, if someone damages a player while they're in the Storm and the Storm finishes that uh, player the kill regardless of how much dps was dealt needs to be rewarded to the player right because how many times do you see you know like a uh, elongated battle happening in the storm and you know for some reason or another the storm just gets the last tick and that guy loses time health all this stuff here uh positioning Ammo, you know yep. and then doesn't get rewarded and that in my opinion is complete bs so i think first and foremost we got to address that problem there now moving forwards to Um, what Poach is talking about, he thinks that the competitive format isn't what needs to be tweaked. I'm kind of on the fence with this one. I agree with Nick Merckx because the weeks where we had every uh, Elam granting a point to the player, uh, we saw just a nice, you know, a nice come up of different people on the leaderboards that were at least consistently taking players out in early games and mid games and at least being rewarded for that across the board. So I think, there is, or a need for something like that, right? Lower kill thresholds, oh. maybe even you know one equals a, a point. I think that's cool. And poach is also correct in a sense that, yes, there is like kind of no reason to fight because when you do fight, you are risking way too much. But at the same time, if you look at the difference in the amount of players left alive in EU versus NA, there is still some kind of something that doesn't match. Just, uh, you know, the numbers don't right. lie, right? right? According to what Poach says. So yeah, Poach is onto something, but he's also like kind of wrong because if you just look at the numbers, EU don't care about kill format or where the game is right now because they're taking it to people's doors. And uh, you see it in the end games when there's less players alive.
1: Yeah, you know? it's a so, it's a tough thing because I definitely agree that like, like you said, poaches onto something. I, I just feel like you know you see if you as a viewer, I watch it and I see those couple good fights are right at the beginning. Most of the time, taking a, effect and tilted right. Like
0: I mean, there, there was literally a time in this skirmish this week where Miff goes, "Oh, we're at that point in the game where it's like this zone, no one's gonna fight. They're just gonna wait until the next zone to see where they gotta go." Yeah. and that's like a NA quote unquote NA meta. But like that wouldn't happen, EU people are so rotating for who knows why, but they're right. out there, you know. If right. they were battling, um, but yeah. I agree, I think that there was another concept that like when two players clash, a force field bubble should like make it so people can't third party or something like that. I don't know, but it looked cool as hell. Yeah. I was like, dude, that would, that would be that would be nice, right? There, right? Like, <laughs> well, it- it was really neat that,
1: you know, like I said, as a viewer, you see the early game fights that are always fun, right? And that's when everybody's like, oh, being at PAX, yeah. right? Being at PAX and seeing it, sitting there with a crowd of people watching this event happen as well. It's very similar to the, where the meta is right now. Doesn't hasn't changed that much. Is you, you had the early game, right, where you had those couple fights, right? In, in our case, it was always Aiden and Nick Merckx going at it. Like, that was the highlight, mm-hmm. right, at PAX. And that was the early game. Then you had nothing happen until you got to that circle where it's 30 people, you know, rotating as storm is moving, you know, and and safe zones moving out of into the storm. Right. And they got to start rotating in altogether. I mean, and and I don't know how you fix that, even from an epic standpoint. I don't know how you get it to be more rewarding for the mid game and engage those fights. But I think that's what he was coming down to. Right.
0: I think it comes down to player skill if I'm being completely honest, I think it comes down to player skill. Like his, when you give someone like when we had vivid here on the, on the show, we talked about something that was like kind of settled, but very important. What vivid will do. He'll shoot at any opponent. If he has a, a almost at an any given time to take a small victory, chip shield, chip armor, you know, this and that right. where a lot of player uh, players that are inexperienced don't know when to capitalize on a small victory they're just afraid to even catch the attention of that player. Right. And they'd rather kind of snake along as opposed to, Oh no, dude, I'm going to him for like, you know, 50 and then keep rolling still. Right. Just to slow him down or force him the build or something like that. Um, I think that's the difference in, in the play styles is that maybe there's just like, uh, a player experience gap where they don't know when to capitalize on certain opportunity because of the fear of losing out. So I, I read one
1: good comment. I think Poach was actually the one that might have even said this in his, own, in his own Twitter feed. But it was, what if, all right, and tell me what you think about this. What if after you kill an enemy, you either regain, say, full, full health and 50 shield, or you just gain 50 shield? Like, it automatically, when you take an opponent out, it grants you some reward, right, at that point, yeah. that helps you in case you get put in a bad
0: position. I, I was, like, a fan of that idea. Um, because the way I thought of it was maybe, let's say if you eliminate a player and you know, it's going to give you shield, this will incentivize more people to hold bandages and stuff like that, because you know, you're about to replenish some shield, but how are you going to get your HP up? Right. Yeah. And it will literally mix up, uh, players that are defensive will hold more armor and stuff because they don't want to finish battles. They're kind of just trying to be defensive and players that are aggressive. We'll have more medic style loadouts where That's you know, I'm going to bring it to your door yeah. and I'm going to make sure I got my bandages and my med kits, right? Because I know I'm going to pick up some armor off this uh, you know, this, this fight right here. That, in my opinion, I thought was genius. And, and then when I took it a step further to like loadouts, they will literally shape the pyramid of the game for play styles too. So I like that idea. And it is something that will be like... One of the things off.
1: I thought was cool is if you, if you think you're a better player, if you think you're really good and you can't find shield, but you know that guy's right there, you might go after him to kill him to yeah, get like, the reward of the shield, right?
0: Imagine that. Imagine that, like, this guy's going in because he's got the grappler and he knows he's got the, you know, aggro loadout, you know? Yeah. Maybe C4 comes back someday. And he's like, you know, he's going in with that crazy dominant uh, style loadout because he's, he's going to risk it for the, for the armor that he yeah. can pick up off the of. It, it, would, it would be sick and i think i think it would be great i think i don't think there would be anyone that will be like oh this is a terrible patch everyone's got armor well you got armor too. go get yourself some ellims right right like you know like make it play off that and i think it fits into the lore of the game like you know make, you know make that little machine that comes up just zzz, yeah hover on you them yeah, yeah like you just
1: drop it off dude <laughs> I'm, I'm with you maybe that's what the island does when it's done you know what i mean i mean there you I, go I <laughs> but i i think there's a solution there somewhere that can really reward a player when they when they kill somebody besides just picking up mats or whatever i think there's and, a, you know, and help you take in that positioning
0: i was gonna say think about this fortnite has been the most innovative br we have building there's no br yet that when you elim someone you get rewarded like healed or something like, you know what? Switch it up. Keep, t- take it to the next step. You know, bring the concept to this game. I think it fits in this game, in this world of uh Fortnite. I mean, maybe even make it a, make it um how do you say it? Like, like, like we did before, a little switch. Try it out. Right. right? And if it doesn't work, switch it off. Maybe for comp scene, that's what we need.
1: Well, I can tell you that they could try an LTM that way. They could switch exactly. it off.
0: I mean, look at Playground you know they have something that you can just turn you know jump in with, with saying. shield saying
1: just saying i mean i don't know if you well you know what this goes right into an ltm that we got <laughs> this past week in version 6.0.2 so let's go ahead and jump over there so <laughs> So speak of like turning on switches, they turn on a switch here this week. All right, so we got the version 6.02 patch. Uh, we got the you know quad launcher coming in, the port of fortress coming in, uh, some loot drop adjustments. But, th- but the thing that I want to talk about really quick is the LTM that dropped. And you had disco domination. And I say this not because, oh, this is the greatest one I ever plays play, this is the best LTM, but I think it shows what we we're talking about, a variety, a switch they can turn on. You're, for those people that haven't played it, you unlimited lives. Okay, you you die, you get to keep all your crap. The only thing you do is drop some ammo, um, you know, and and, and you get to, you get to keep going. So it just rewards the player ammo. Uh, really cool with the aspect of you know, hey, there's there's these disco areas you go dance on them. Your the team every team that holds it gets a point. It's like kind of like King of the Hill. It's their take on King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun to play with my son. I will say that if you have kids and you want to play with them, this is a less frustrating mode to play with.
0: Yeah, I love this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot
1: less frustrating. It's more about, hey, what can okay. I do for myself and help the team move? And all of a sudden, you know, most of these, uh, I feel like some of these big LTMs are my kids and their friends playing them. So, you know, they don't care that's, about that's the point.
0: That's awesome. mine plays. Yeah. That's all yeah. she plays. If she's going to play anything, it's an LTM. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think, I think it goes into the fact of, like we were saying, turning those switches on, right? And having the ability yeah. to do it. I thought it was a really cool idea to have there. Uh, and then we get, like I said, we got the quad launcher. What do you think this thing has a place in this? Is it too crazy? What, what's the deal? Take
0: it out. Take it out. It's broken. It's, it's a four shot RPG, man. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, did we think anything different
1: when we heard about it?
0: Yeah. I, at first I thought it was going to shoot all four at once and it was just going <laughs> to, you know, Jamal. I did, too. Like, I did too. yeah yeah and then when i saw it did four controlled shots i thought this is even worse in a way it is worse now yeah like you can pinpoint or like pick up for your mistakes right like more room for error with this one so uh yeah the quad launcher is just insane i actually posted a crazy highlight on instagram uh pushing a player and it was a solo video and i was using the quad launcher again just i had four shots that Every time I used it I could just put it away keep my aggro up and then yeah. reset things again right Ugh. it's crazy
1: yeah it's a, it's a lot of power really quick that's for sure. Mm-hmm,
0: uh, mm-hmm. one thing
1: I'm noticing as they keep adding weapons in and they keep changing these adjustments you know and they had this loot great drop adjustment big you know adjusting everything in the world as far as that goes I'm not going to go through them all you guys can go read the patch notes if you want to but I mean they re- And basically, every epic and legendary item basically they changed and they changed the loot Mm -hmm. drop. They hired some of them, lowered some of them. But, and I I feel like there are items I'm seeing less in the game because now there's so many items, right? And I remember having the worry before. I remember having the worry before that like they're going to have too many items. I'm going to see it way too much. But because there is so many items, I'm seeing them less.
0: Right, right. And I think that's that's part of the whole balance of why they vault things like, oh, you know, people, some people really love the suppressed submachine gun. They're like, hey, guys, we got to take that out. Or like, impulses are great, but like, hey, you know, like we got a lot of mobility, we got to take these out, right? Yeah. So I, I would rather them take things out for a short period of time and really mix up the loot, kind of like you said, the economy, so that when they do bring back or new weapons like the quad launcher and stuff, these people get to play with them. But, like some weapons, I would say, like the guided missile, like I would rather than just like have them have had bolted that and then brought in the quad because like having like all these explodes is just too much. yeah, know? it's it's a, it's
1: a lot. It's definitely a lot mm-hmm. of explodes. Uh, one thing that came back was the port of fortress. Uh, they brought mm-hmm. that thing back. I mean, insane, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. it's yeah. it's a great item. I th- it's funny how these items when we first saw them, were like, oh, these are I think we talked about this before. This is such a newbie thing, right? It's just they're, they're lowering yeah, the wait, skill Bruce gap. Yeah, came out? Uh-huh, yeah, lowering and, now the sk- like, and now it's uh, like, dude. oh, no, I got to grab that if I have it. Like, I'm debating. Wait a second. What do yeah. I, chill? Am I taking my <laughs> minis or am I taking this porta port of You
0: start to learn in the right hands what you can do with some of yeah. these items.
1: Well, let's go ahead and jump over to our last topic of the week. And this is our tips and tricks. If
0: you ask, do we have tips? Of course. And do we have tricks? Oh,
1: yes, we do. So listen up. All right, Monsters, so I got a question for you. One we've been debating amongst the people I play with uh, and one that I think a lot of people send us and have questions about, and that is when to select an AR or a SCAR versus a Burst slash FAMOS. What are the key strengths and weaknesses? uh, And which one do you, you know, when it comes to ARs, which one do you like better? Do you like the, or the SCAR? Do you like the silence one? Or do you like the regular SCAR? Yep,
0: so I think when it comes down to AR preference, it's definitely super reflective on play style preference. Um, and I'll bring up Ninja and Tfue who are two really big faces in the community with a lot of talent that talk down the burst like crazy uh, to the point that this has been also a topic on the competitive Reddit this week, which I also jumped in on. Um, and I completely disagree with them because there are a lot of players that, you know, stand by the burst in FAMAS as well because of what it can do to other players. Right. Right. So there's, now this is going to lead us into the strengths and weaknesses tip. Uh, the strength of the normal AR is pressure, pressure, pressure. You can break walls down, and that high fire rate allows you to um, keep that pressure up. Then of course the faster first shot accuracy, which allows you to, uh, you know, kind of put your two cents into long range, you know, third parties right. it and stuff like that sooner rather than later. And that that's one of the 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 exact weakness of the AR, the burst. The burst, less pressure because, you know, it's a slower fire rate, so you don't break builds as much as someone's rushing you. And then, of course, the slow, uh, first shot accuracy, which if it had that, it would be, like, even, you know, more OP. But the pros to having a burst is player v player. The burst is able to stick two, three shots on someone at once for every connection, not to mention you've got that burst. And if you hit someone across the forehead with all three, you're taking them out right away. So right hands, the burst is actually crazy. And that's why I run it more than the normal AR. Now, when it comes down to silenced AR, or silenced scar, that weapon is in a tier of its own, and I think it is actually classified as the best weapon in comp. And that's because the one thing the silenced AR has is all the damage, but that silence aspect, which means you're feeding way less information to your opponents, and in comp, if you can you know, not have people staring at you one by one while you're chipping away at, you know, and, and jumping into battles or backstabbing a player, and you are in like, you know, super great position. Right. So you, you'll you notice that suppressed AR and comp scene, you guys seen all the loadouts and it's because it is that good for shooting people in the back for sure.
1: Well guys, as always monsters got the tips. He's got them dropping right here on the podcast, man. And uh, you guys can go see more of those at his YouTube channel. Make sure you're checking those out and make sure you're staying up to date with the latest on what's going on in Fortnite over at his YouTube channel. guys, I can't tell you enough. YouTube Monster D face. If you don't watch him, go watch him. They'll make your life even better. Uh, guys thank you so much for listening hope you guys enjoyed the show shoot us a review on iTunes leave us some comments on Podmeans you can always send your complaint and your emails over to the fortnightpodcast at gmail.com tell us what you like and what you dislike about the show you can follow, follow us on Twitter at Fortnite Podcast. I think we finally passed like 2,000 Twitter followers which is crazy awesome thank you guys so much Thanks. for that just just on that that Twitter alone so that's really awesome uh, and you can follow me over at the number 2 L-O-U-D-T-X and then Monster MonsterDefade M-O-N-S-T-E-R-D-F-A-C-E, just like it sounds. And Monster, why don't you tell everybody where you are throughout the week?
0: Yep, you guys can preferably find me on YouTube because my content's up there 24/7. But if you are seeking out uh, some live stream stuff, you can definitely find me at Twitch uh, in the mornings uh, to mid-afternoon at Monster D Face as well. And thank you guys to everyone that does stop by to Twitch stream. I catch you guys in the regular. So cheers, boys.
1: Nothing like starting your day off and getting it ready with some Monster D Face on your screen. So guys, go check it out during the week. Get your day started right. Some coffee, some Monster D Face, and That's as right. always, guys, until next time. Dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales.